Thank you for joining us today at Our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in seven different locations. We hope that today's message encourages and empowers you on your spiritual journey and helps you grow deeper in your relationship with God. To learn more about Our Savior's Church and how you can get involved, you can visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. Amen. Hey, why don't you look at your neighbor and say, good morning. Look at, the, look at that same person and say, glad you made it to church. Glad you made it to church. Now look at the person you ignored and say, Merry Christmas. Glad you're here. Glad you're here. I don't know about you, but when I think about gifts, uh, especially in this season, I'm thinking about how I haven't bought all my gifts. Any other guys, gentlemen? I know, ladies, you guys cover, you guys cover the gifts uh, way before we even get to the Christmas season. So maybe, am I by myself? I always wait till the very last minute to buy gifts. Anybody else? Come on, nobody, hey, confession's good for the soul, bad for the reputation, okay? Let's just take the mask off in church. Yeah, that, when, I'm, when I'm thinking about gifts, I, I think about how I haven't bought any yet, all right? Uh, I, I'm thinking about gifts a lot after listening to Pastor, Pastor David's message last week where he talked about the love languages. You guys remember that, and um, I used to think my, I used to think that the, the way that uh, I received love when it comes to gifts was way down the list, but I've, I've started to notice as I've gotten older, I like a good gift. How many of you love receiving gifts? How many of you, that's the way you receive love? Like you, the way, you, the way to your heart and showing you, showing you love is with a gift. Anybody, don't, don't be ashamed. It's okay. It's okay, guys. It's like, oh yeah, thank you, my man. Thank you. I, I'm with you. But here's what I've noticed. It's not just any gift. It's an, it's an intentional gift. It's a gift that has a meaning behind it. I'll, I'll never forget my first day on the job uh, whenever uh, I first came on board at the church that we were previously at. Of course, I had known the team. I'd been serving with the team already. But there was just something different about that first day. How many of you remember the first day at work? You know, you're, you're already thinking, man, I'm going to conquer the world. I'm going to change this place. I'm going to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I could think, ask, or imagine. It was great. And I remember being so excited. And, but something that I still remember to this day is one of my coworkers, good friend of mine, actually overheard me weeks earlier talking about a, a, a set of pins, a set of writing pins. Students, I know you don't know what that means, but there's back in the day we used to use pins and <laughs> But, uh, but all kidding aside, we, there, I was talking about just in passing how, man, that's a good pen. I like it. Man, it writes smooth. You know, this is great. And it meant so much to me that my coworker put her money together, put his money together, kind of got everybody's money together and went and bought me this set of pens. And I'll never forget it. That, that's the one thing I remember about my first day of work. Some of you are like, wow, Pastor Blake, you're simple. I really am that simple. It's, it truly is a, less about the impact of the gift and more about the intentionality behind the gift. And, and I was thinking about that, you know, in this Christmas season, how, you know, there are a lot of people who love to receive gifts. And my wife does a phenomenal job of, 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 of helping me and uh, not only to buy gifts, but uh, uh, when, when buying gifts, to be intentional about the gifts. But I, I wrote down a few different gifting types. How many of you have ever heard of gifting types? Let me give you an example. Uh, there, there are gifting types. There are there are people who have the gift of gifting. You know those people? Maybe some of you are those people where it's like all year long, you're already thinking ahead like, ooh, she would love this or he would love this. You, it's, it's like you get the perfect gift. You're known 
for getting the perfect gifts. You had the gift of giving, in my opinion. Uh, nobody can one-up you at Christmas. I mean, truly, it kind of frustrates me a little bit, right? But no, uh, but you've got, you've got that. You've got the gifter that loves to give gifts. You've got the person who, uh, how many of you know this person? The re-gifter. You know who the re-gifter is, right? Come on, we all know them. In fact, sometimes the re-gifter not only is re-gifting gifts that they've received, if they're not careful, it's going to catch up to them, and they're going to re-gift the gift to the person that gave them the gift. <laughs> Anybody ever been there before? It's kind of an embarrassing moment. Uh, you've got the re-gifter, which, bless their heart, we're, we're, we're with them. You've got the one-stop shop gifter. Come on, that's that, that's, that, that's that guy that goes to Walgreens or uh, CVS and just buys everything there. It's like, wow, a thousand Tylenols. Wow, that's great. Thank you. <laughs> got me a candy cane full of Hershey's, you know. Oh, thank you. Most men are the one-stop shop gifters. Come on, guys. We can, we can admit that. You got the, last but not least, you've got the one-upper gifter. Come on. We, we, I, I need a one-upper gifter in my life. You know, you're, that's the person that maybe you give them a candle, and then they bring out your gift, and they're like, hey, thank you for my candle, but guess what? I got you an all-expenses trip to Fiji paid for. Come on, the one-upper gifter, right? And everybody's like, man, I can't compete with that. I need, I need that person in my life. How many of you need that one-upper gifter in your life, right? I got you a new car. It's like, wow, this is great. But, you know, the, what, what's interesting is not only with gifts, if you'll notice all throughout the year, especially in this season, right around Thanksgiving, especially after Thanksgiving, marketing companies, marketing firms, companies, businesses, all types of places that are selling products, all places that are in retail literally spend hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars working on different ways, different, different ways to, to describe, different words to use when describing their products. I remember I, I was, of course, I was at Auburn and um, I miraculously uh, finished uh, a four-year degree in eight years. I know that's tough to believe, but uh, some of you may get that in a minute. And I don't have a doctorate either, so... Uh, but no, one of the classes that I took was, was, I was going to get my business degree, and one of the classes I took was marketing. And it, I was amazed at how much intentionality went into marketing, just the type of words, the, the how long, the, the commercials. Come on, you guys, are, hey, nowadays they're listening to our conversations, and you get, on your, uh, you get on Instagram and you see, like, wow, I was just talking about that. You were talking and using words. I'm amazed that the way companies, the way retailers use words to describe gifts is, while it's amazing, I've oftentimes found, my, found myself really rarely having a gift that leaves me speechless. In, 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 in other words, there's probably only a handful I can count maybe on one hand, but when you begin to talk about just the birth of a child or the reconciliation of a marriage or the time that God saved you, you begin to realize that, you know what, while all of those things are true and while all of those things are gifts, it's hard to describe. It's like Paul, what he said in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation. He said, thank God for this gift, too wonderful for words. I'm convinced there's a part of our relationship with Jesus that it's too wonderful for words. In fact, Maybe you've only been following Christ for a 
short amount of time, which is great, okay? No, no one ever arrives. It doesn't matter if you've been following Christ for 30 years or 30 minutes. The same grace that saved 30 years is the same grace that's still needed to guide and walk through with the 30-minute person as well. But no matter what, no matter where you find yourself, the truth is there's a part of this gift that we've received from God that's indescribable. That's what Paul was essentially saying when he was talking about in chapter 9 of 2 Corinthians that this gift, which is Jesus Christ through the power of the gospel and the generosity of the gospel, finds itself getting to a place that's indescribable. it's, It's hard to depict with words how God has changed your life, especially to someone who has yet to receive or experience the same thing. And what I realize is, you know, the gift of Christ is not just any old gift. In Jesus Christ, here's what's amazing about this surprising gift. How many of you like surprised gifts? Anybody? Some people don't. My wife doesn't like surprises. I do, okay? But here's something that's amazing about this gift and how it separates itself from every other gift, every other thing God could ever do for us through his son Jesus, that in Jesus Christ, all human distinctions are erased, good, bad, and ugly, And we no longer see each other as Jew or Gentile, as Paul said, rich or poor, givers or recipients. As Galatians chapter 3 says, Paul reminds us that we are all one in Christ Jesus. Because of the gospel, because of the surpassing grace and the surpassing indescribable gift of the gospel, what a surprising gift. God is the God of surprises. How many of you have learned that already? God is the God of surprises. Sometimes we remind, sometimes we're reminded as we read God's word is it's not a matter of coming to Christ so that we won't ever go through anything hard or difficult in life. However, it's coming to Christ to realize that when we do go through things that are hard and difficult in our lives, the gift is that God is with us and he is for us. And guess what? Our faith is, is That if God is for us, who could be against us? It's that gift of knowing that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Guess what? David was still going to walk through that valley. We're still going to walk through that valley. But guess what? There's a part of walking through that valley where God's presence reminds us, not only is it surprising, but it's also indescribable. Let's look at where all this began. Where all this began of God being a God of surprises, where God's gift becomes indescribable. Let's look where this began in Matthew chapter 1. This is our main text. Pastor David hit hit the beginning of chapter 1. I'm going to start in verse 18. If you have your Bibles, you can read along with me. If not, it's going to be on the screen. It starts off like this. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Stop right there. Can you already sense the indescribable part of this, right? It continues to say, Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break off the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. Everyone say Jesus. Jesus. Come on, say it one more time. Jesus. Come on, there's just something about that name. 
I remember an old hymn we sang in Bab- uh, uh, my Baptist roots are coming out right now. Just, there's just something, tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. There's just something about the name of Jesus. And we see this mentioned right here in Scripture. It goes on to say, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet, which the prophet said, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. Everyone say Emmanuel. That's who we sang about earlier. Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he didn't have sexual relations with her until Jesus, her son, was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. I love that whole passage of Scripture. Not only is it the story that we find ourselves as parents reading with our children right now. Um, I'm, I'm sort of in that stage where I can't even get a full passage of Scripture with my children. <laughs> How many of y'all know that? Before I had missed their attention, their, their attention goes to something else. I, I, could get, I could squeeze one verse in with my kids, all right? But as they get older, this is amazing to read and even amazing for me to read as as a follower of Christ, how this is, when it, this is when this indescribable gift really began to take shape. I love where it talks about in verse 21 of chapter 1. I love that the Bible says that she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. What a promise. Come on, if you're ever wondering what are we saved from, we're saved from the penalty of that sin. We're saved from the penalty which is required of the sin and the shame and the guilt that we've all said yes to in our lives. And yet Jesus, the perfect gift, the indescribable gift, came and saved us. What's amazing about the name of Jesus, the name Jesus means, means Savior. It comes from the Hebrew name Yeshua, Joshua, Yeshua, which means Jehovah is salvation. And here's the, here's the cool part about this. There were many Jewish boys with the name Joshua, Yeshua, in the time of Jesus. But that name translated, even in the time of Jesus, in the Greek, is Jesus. You'll read in the Bible, there's a few references to other people named Jesus. But here's what separates Jesus from everyone else. But Mary's boy, Jesus, was to be called Jesus the Christ. I remember growing up, uh, my dad had to explain this. My dad, he's my hero, one of my best friends. And uh, he's also a pastor and I'm going to talk about him more throughout this, this sermon, but I remember early on, I don't, I don't know how old I was, but uh, like many of you, I, when I heard Jesus Christ, I thought that was his last name. <laughs> Anybody else out there? I was like, and I remember one day I came home from church and I was like, Dad, you know, why do we call, you know, we, I was used to calling older people, my teachers, the deacons, just older people in our neighborhood by their last name, you know, Mr. Mr. Bodwin or, you know, uh, Mr. Aranza. Uh, and I remember asking my dad, I said, Dad, why don't we call Jesus by, we should call him Mr. Christ. <laughs> that would be the respectful way. My dad laughed. He said, no, 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 son. Uh, Christ isn't his last name. We need to know, church, Christ isn't his last name. It's what Christ means. Christ means anointed. In the Greek, it's the equivalent of Messiah. In other words, Jesus is the Messiah. He is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. He is the way, the truth, the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him. But what's amazing about this indescribable moment that Mary and Joseph had to be going through, I can't imagine was they knew the prophecies. They knew what was going to happen. I'm just, I'm guessing, I don't think they knew it was going to be them that the prophecy was going to be fulfilled through. 
So just for a minute, if I could, just imagine with me. We don't know for sure, but just imagine being Mary or Joseph in that moment. I don't know about you, but listen, if we were friends and we were close, I'd be calling you being like, man, I don't even know where to start, <laughs> right? If I just found out my wife was pregnant, number one, number one, we weren't even married yet. Number two, I had a dream <laughs> that my wife's pregnant, and I'm told that it's from the Holy Spirit. How many of you know that there would be some uncertainty? Anybody else? Come on, let's just be real. There'd be a little uncertainty. And, and I, I can't imagine what Mary must have felt in that moment, right? Ah, how's Joseph going to, how do I pitch this, right? How do, you know, how do I describe that I, I'm pregnant uh, when, number one, I'm a virgin. We've yet to have sex, real relations. And then on top of all of it, it's by the Holy Spirit. Come on, can you just feel that for a moment? Feel that, that in that moment, I can only imagine that Joseph and Mary must have been scared. The uncertainty, the worry. Sure, they knew the prophecies, but I'm sure they thought, well, what are people going to think? How, you think people are going to think it was us? Like, I mean, come on, out of all the people God could have chosen, why would God choose us? Just all those self-insecure doubts that we all struggle with, I can only imagine the fear, the anxiety, the worry, the how do I communicate this, you know? Uh, there's so many times that spouses, you know this, there's so many times you've you got to tell your spouse something and you're just like, okay, I know what i got to tell them, but how do I package this thing? If you don't know that, then welcome to a marriage counseling service. Uh, you know, it's all about that packaging, right? Pastor David could follow up with a, with a coaching session on that, but, but I can't imagine the indescribable moment that they must have been experiencing then brings us to just wonder, how, how do you describe Jesus? And I can relate. Listen, you can too. How do you describe that Jesus, in spite of your sin, in spite of your shame, in spite of your mistakes, it's those mistakes, it's the shame, it's the sin that so easily entangled our lives at one time that made us pre-qualified for not only what he did on the cross. The Bible says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. How do you explain that? How do you explain where Jesus is not only coming to your life and, you know, you're born again. How do you explain that he reconciled your marriage? How do you explain that he healed you from cancer? How do you explain that, you know what, we didn't have anything to our name, yet the promises of God's word and the provision through the, the prayer that he calls us to live out, the, the generosity, how do you explain all of that? I'm convinced that there's a part of our relationship with Jesus, there's a part of salvation, there's a part of the sanctification process, there's a part of our relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ, and through the power of his Holy Spirit, that's indescribable. And what we need to know here today, if you don't hear anything else, I want you to hear this, that the gift that is Jesus, Jesus wasn't just meant to simply be described, he's meant to be experienced. Listen, I'm, look, look, look. Yes, there's a, and Dr. Scott, Pastor David, they do a phenomenal job doing this. There's a part of Jesus that you, you do describe. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The word of God. But listen to me. You can't describe your way into a relationship with Jesus. There's some parts that, listen, whenever you meet with somebody or maybe lead a small group or you're serving and you see that person walk through the door. You know what I'm talking about. You see that person maybe from high school or maybe from your workplace that you're like, oh, my gosh. They're coming, <laughs> of all people. But that's the, that's the indescribable gift. It's that text message. It's maybe that family member 
that you've been praying so many years for, and yet you begin to see God working in and through their lives. And somebody asks you, well, how do you, how do you describe what Jesus is doing? And you look at them and you remember, this is the part of God. This is the part of Christ through the power of his Holy Spirit that's indescribable. That's why Jesus, that's because Jesus was never meant to just simply be described. He was meant to be experienced. Our prayer, listen, this hope, this, this encouragement that I want to offer you today is that as we go through this Christmas season, as we interact with so many people, whether it be the retailers or our coworkers, as, as you're finishing deadlines, you're finishing things at work, as you're getting prepared mentally and emotionally to go to that family get-together on Christmas. Come on, you know which one I'm talking about. It's that side of the family, you know, or maybe you are that side of the family. <laughs> no matter what, I want to encourage you to know that there's an indescribable part working in and through us that's going to show people the power of the gospel, the power of the cross, how God can reconcile us, how God can take a filthy, washed up, broken, dead in our sin sinner and redeem him, fulfill him, and call him a saint. By the way, I'm proud of you for being here right now in the service because the saints are getting ready to play. So great job, guys. That's so amazing. I want to give you a few reasons why as we go through this season, as we go through this holiday season, I want to give you a few, reason why, a few reasons why that Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, is our gift, but he's a gift beyond description. I want to give you a few reasons why so that as we go through this holiday, people will experience the Christ that's working in and through your life. Number one, when I think about God and what qualifies him as to why he's a gift beyond description, I think about his patience. I think about the patience of God. I can only imagine, listen, I, I, I know, look, I'm 35 years old. I, uh, I'm, I'm still trying to figure some things out. There's some days I still feel 17. Like, God, you, you find me responsible to be married, let alone have kids. Anybody else feel that way? You know? It's like, wow, God, you trust me. But there's, there's things that I, I realize, and here's what, here's what I know. I need help in the area of patience. Come on, it's a fruit of the Spirit. It's also something that I need a lot of help in. I, I, I'm, I, this won't surprise the, my dad who might be watching right now. He's probably laughing, but I've been told that I'm a little impatient, all right? Uh, especially during Christmas as a kid, I would open up the gifts without, I thought no one knew, but guess what? They knew, all right? I was a little, um, I was a little impatient. I, I think about the patience that I need to be a parent, the patience that I need to be a, a, a husband. Has anyone here ever struggled with a lack of patience? Come on, I'm glad I'm not by myself up in this church, all right? Amen, amen. Everybody else, come teach this part, okay? I need patience. I, and, and not only do I need it, I love to be around patient people. How many of you get to be around a patient person? Anybody else? I, I, love, I love, Pastor David is a patient person. To me, he, he's been very patient with me. I, it's the young age that he, he carries. You know, we, we still see ourselves as right around the same age group, and uh, but Pastor David, especially when I first moved here, super patient with me. Because I can tell you, listen, when I first came here about two years ago, here was this impatient part of me coming out by, I just wanted to be in the, I wanted to be a part of the group. I wanted, I felt the love of OSC. I felt the OSC family just pulling me in. And, and I wanted so bad to be a part of Pastor David and all of our other associate pastors here at Our Savior's Church. The first time we met, guys, I was just so excited and and, and feeling impatient that I did more talking than I did listening. How many of you know that's not a good recipe for the new guy, right? 
And I can remember not only were they so kind, they were patient with me. You ever had that moment before you don't realize what you're doing <laughs> until later in the moment, and then you're like, uh-oh. I've done more talking here than I have asking questions and listening, and I'm the new guy. Thankfully, though, this church is who, who they say they are. I mean, we, Pastor David just simply, I, I remember calling him, Pastor David, you remember I called you and just felt like I could sink through a hole, you know, felt, felt like I couldn't even describe what was, what was wrong. I, I began to give you a speech of like, oh, Pastor David, I just, you know, I don't know you guys. I just want to fit in. He stopped me mid-sentence and said, Pastor Blake, you're good. You're good. It's all good. Don't worry about it. I'm thinking there's going to be a five-step process of, like, this is how we got to help you not talk through, through a meeting again, you know, especially when you're the new guy. No, he just, he showed me patience, kindness. It's amazing. Listen, let this holiday, holiday season, even in this moment, allow the memories, allow the moments that you've had with the Lord, the indescribable moments with the Lord, Allow those moments to remind you of his patience with you, with me. Oh, my goodness. I, I, I mean, you know, before Christ is self-explanatory, but even after Christ, it's indescribable for me to begin to tell you how patient God has been with me in my journey in this process. I want you to know people are going to be amazed, your family members, your coworkers, this world, all of Acadiana, they're going to be amazed at your patience. They're going to be amazed at the patience of the Holy Spirit working in and through your life because it's God. It's indescribable. I think about his patience. I think about his patience he must have had with Joseph in that moment. Can you imagine? Come on. I, I, one of the first times I read the story of Jesus and how he was born, what we just read in Matthew chapter 1, I don't know. I, I, I felt a little bad for Joseph. I thought, hey, Joseph, you probably shouldn't think about divorcing Mary quietly, even though that was something you probably could have done. It's going to wind up in the Bible one day. You might not even want to, you know, just say it, just maybe think it. You know, again, this is me. This is that indescribable moment. But yet, it's what God used to show not just Joseph, but show us to this day that God's patient. God's patient even when we don't get it right. He's so patient that oftentimes his patience will come through provision. Provision. Joseph, here he was, already reasoned in his mind that he was going to quietly divorce Mary, and yet God saved him, reconciled him, came to him in the heart of patience through provision, gave him a dream, gave him a promise. We see this. We see this gift, and I want you to know it's good to every once in a while sit with the Lord, even in this moment right now, for those of you that have been walking with the Lord, and maybe not just yet, you begin to remember that in this season, this Christmas season, this gift, this gift, this qualification comes through the patience of God that he shows us in our, in our lives. I think about not only his patience, but his indescribable gift of his process and our progress. I'm going to say it again. His process and our progress. Y'all say it with me. His process and our progress. One more time. Y'all say it with me. His process and our progress. It's indescribable. It's indescribable. It's indescribable. We read it. We read what it is. We believe in what it is, meaning Romans 8, 28. God's going to work all things together for good. It's his process. That's what he does. But yet, how does he do it? How does he do it? When does he do it? The grace that he does it with. I love that we're a church that we believe in, in, in a process. We believe in progress. Listen, 
So much so to where all of us, none of us are where God has called us to be and where we even want to be. But thank God we're not where we used to be. Come on, I think about, I think about the grace and the, the power of the Holy Spirit who has led me. Even when I've taken detours in my life, God still uses it to get me right back where he wants me to be. I want you to remember in your own life that his process and our progress shows that God's gift, his grace, his truth is indescribable. Even when we unqualified ourselves, if that's even a thing, when we wrote ourselves off, God used it for our process. He used it. He used it to progress us into more and more of the image of Christ. I, this past year, um, my daughter Paisley entered into the first grade, and I love her teacher. Her teacher is one of those teachers where, come on, you remember those teachers? Maybe you only had one or two, or, but those teachers, that, that teacher that just makes a mark on your life. You remember that? Do we have any school teachers in here, by the way? Come on, can we honor them, everybody? Come on, school teachers. Thank y'all so much. And I think about Paisley's teacher. She, she was entering into the first grade, and I thank God Paisley and our children, I believe, have gotten Savannah's genes. That's my wife when it comes to school and learning, all right? And I'll never forget the teacher said, I almost shouted the teacher down and amened her. I thought she was preaching in school, but she said, she said, you know, our goal here in this classroom is not perfection, it's progress. And I thought, man, how true is that for the life of a follower, a believer, a born-again Christian? It's his process. It's his process. It's our progress. That's what we believe in with small groups. It's what we believe in with freedom groups and being on the serve team. Listen, we don't need you to join the serve team when you've got it all figured out. We need you to join the serve team because you don't have it all figured out. <laughs> we don't need you to get yourself together and then join a small group. We need you to understand that you don't have it all together. Join a small group. God uses that. God uses the imperfection that we all carry to show his, prog his process in our progress. His process in our progress. And I want to encourage you with this. Don't be so down on yourself. Hey, church, if you don't hear one thing, I want you to hear this. Don't be so down on yourself. God's using what you're going through right now. God's using you. He's using the situation. God's grace is there. Maybe you messed up and you sinned even before you got here. But guess what? You're here. Come on, last time you might not have been here, but in God's grace and mercy, the power of his Holy Spirit led you here, orchestrated your steps to be in a place like this to receive the good news of Jesus Christ. Don't be so hard on yourself. Believe in the finished work of the cross and how this indescribable gift impacts us. Number three, I'm reminded of why he... He and his gift is so indescribable by his constant presence. I'm going to say it again. His constant presence. Y'all say it with me. His constant. Mm. Come on. It's, it's, it's 12.07. We're awake now. Come on. His constant. That's right. His constant presence. Even when everyone else leaves. I think about even in my own life, the, some of the most impactful, indescribable moments that I've had with the Lord is when I thought everyone was leaving. Come on, do you remember those moments? Maybe for you, when everyone was running out, God's presence was running in. It was in those moments where you felt like you were disqualified, but yet this indescribable gift that oftentimes, if not all the time, comes through the power of people, they came running in. How in a moment of failure, the presence of God not only comes running in, but it's through the gospel of Jesus Christ that reminds you, and it shows up in this verse, this indescribable verse in 1 John chapter 1, that says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just 
to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How many of you are grateful for that indescribable good news? Come on, it doesn't make sense here, but we've been, we've, we're recipients of this grace. We're recipients of this good news. Uh, I, you know, uh, I get to work closely with small groups. I, I'm a pro- byproduct of small groups. I love small groups. And uh, just this past year, I had, a, I had a young family, probably about mine and Savannah's age. They've been married for close to 15 years. My wife and I are coming up on 10. And I had no clue that they were walking through what they were walking through when they joined a small group. And I asked the husband and wife, to send me a testimony. And I want you to hear what God is doing in and through, how he's showing in and through small groups, in and through what you guys are a part of and what you guys lead and uh, how you guys are a part of this, what God is doing in this indescribable constant presence he shows us. Here's the testimony. This is from the husband and wife. The wife said, through God's grace and mercy and with the church's help, our marriage was saved. We walked into a building completely broken, Ready to end our marriage, divorce papers were close to being drawn up, but my husband, who was addicted to drugs and alcohol, abusive, and a wife just completely defeated, ready to give up, but at the end of the church service, my husband obediently, with tears in his eyes, crying and sobbing, walked up to the next steps area, spilling all of his heart, the good and the bad, pleading for help for a new life, an indescribable life. Through freedom and addiction, all these small groups, through these recovery groups that we have here that you are a part of, whether it be through your leadership or your giving, all these groups, we met godly people, people who helped strengthen us, build us up, who poured into us, served as a constant reminder of God's grace and mercy. We prayed over each other. And eight months later, here we are, we're thankful that God led us to be a part of a church, leading in a church that welcomes us with open arms. Come on, not only give yourself a hand, but give God a clap of praise. This is what this indescribable gift of Jesus, through the power of his presence, through his constant presence, does for us. Number four, just ways, ways that we can all be reminded, ways that we can all embrace this indescribable gift of Christ and what he's done. Number four, his unconditional love for people. Unconditional If you didn't listen to last week's message from Pastor David, that will drive that point home. Unconditional, which means, listen, under zero conditions can you ever be separated from the love of God. Not only no matter what you do, but also no matter who is in your life. No matter even the old who that's still being worked out of you and through you. It's the constant reminder that it's the unconditional love of God's people. Psalm 103, I love that verse where it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, who heals me of my sins, who, who washes me from my iniquities. It's a reminder that it's the unconditional love of Christ. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. How many of you are grateful for that? Slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Even the moments, it's a great reminder. It's an indescribable reminder. Even the moments when I'm mad at myself, I'm reminded that my Father through Jesus, and this indescribable moment is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. It's what makes us, in fact, if you'll go back and think about it, this is the power of the gospel, the power of grace that led us into a place of repentance. This is the moment where, for some of you, you're getting ready to have it by the end of the service that helps you to see that it's not that God wants what I think I'm doing well, because quite frankly, the Bible says that it's our good works that serve as filthy rags. They can't even measure up 
to God's grace, his mercy. But it's the indescribable truth that it's our faultiness, it's our failures, it's our brokenness. It's exactly what you feel like you can't give to God that actually qualifies you and he wants you to give to him. It's his steadfast love. And that, it's that compelling truth that leads us to a place to where we want to give it all to God. The good, the bad, the ugly. Not just once, but every single moment. Number five, and then I'll close. I'm just trying to help you. I want to remind you of some things. I want to remind you of this indescribable gift and how he shows up in different ways, not only just through this season, but through your whole lives while on this earth. Number five, it's this indescribable gift of God's presence, of how he operates, of his character, who he is. Number five, it's his willingness to allow us to be a part. How many of you are grateful to be a part of building the church of God together? Come on, how many of you are amazed that God would use you to be a part of building his church? I love my church. I love the church that I grew up in. But I always, again, again indirectly, I don't think anyone ever said this, but I just always assumed that it was the pastor's and the deacon's job to do everything. My job was just to come to church on Sunday and, you know, it was a miracle for me to do that, but I had to. I'm the pastor's kid, right? But I, I didn't think it was my, my job. But of course, this indescribable moment that we all begin to have, and if you haven't had it already, receive this, God has called you to be a part of the Great Commission. God has called you to be a part, a part of building his church. Well, Pastor Blake, when do I become a disciple who makes disciples? The moment Christ comes into your life, that is the moment you have a job description found in Matthew 28. You're a disciple that makes disciples. You are blessed so that you can be a blessing. And God allows us to be a part. I love what it says in Ephesians chapter 1. It says, furthermore, God, excuse me, it says, furthermore, because we are united with Christ. Come on, we get to be united with Christ. We have received an inheritance from God. For he chose us in advance, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. I found that true in my own life. If I could just share, listen to me. You guys understand this. I come from a lot of brokenness. Come on, it all stems back to our first ever parents, Adam and Eve. We've all been dealing with brokenness, starting in our childhood and even to this day. There's still brokenness moments. There's still brokenness phone calls that we receive. And it's a reminder, you know, even growing up a pastor's kid, if you would have asked me at the age of eight or nine, you know, hey, pa hey Blake, well, how's life? I said, life is great. I got a four-wheeler. Come on, my priorities were in line, right? My dad's a pastor and my mom's a Sunday school teacher. And then all of a sudden, what felt like in a moment, not only did I receive some of the worst news I've ever received in my life as a, as a person, but I received the news that my parents were getting a divorce. I didn't even know what a divorce was, let alone did I think it could happen to a pastor. And of course, not only was that a tragic, indescribable moment, but there's also the indescribable moment four years later to find out your mom has died from drugs and alcohol and we'll never get to see her again on this side of eternity. It's indescribable. It's indescribable, indescribable whenever I begin to live my life from a place of abandonment wounds and figuring, thinking that I could find healing and find purpose in life with being good at sports and just trying to make my way through things, having a lot of money. But guess what? That all fell short. But it was at that very indescribable falling short moment that Christ came and he saved me. And as the Bible says, he picked me up and put me on the rock that is Christ. 
But it was even after that moment that here I was starting to serve in a church a lot like this, which was blowing me away that they would even allow me to be a part of greeting. Come on, where are my greeters at? Come on, there's just something about being a greeter. And I remember thinking like, God, I could do this for the rest of my life. And it was that very thing that led me on a path to, I'm now coming up on 10 years of full-time ministry. But can I tell you something? Even two and a half years ago, I found myself in a place of where I was burnt out. I was burnt out. I'd forgotten about this indescribable gift that works in and through me. And I'd begin to believe this lie that the ministry was happening because of my works and because of I got to be everywhere. I got to be all things to all people in the hospital and neglect my family. But thankfully, me leading to that indescribable moment of knowing I needed to step away. Thankfully, a man by the name of Pastor Jacob Aranza came running in. And it wasn't just Pastor Jacob who came running in. It was the grace of of God. It was the indescribable grace and love of someone who began to pastor me and my wife. And listen, it's indescribable when we tell people we love being here, not just at OSC, but Lafayette. It doesn't make sense to people at home. Come on, we're from Alabama. They always ask, like, how are you getting along with the LSU fans? I'm like, man, hey, don't, 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 don't throw shade on UL, all right? Like, In fact, I gained 15 pounds when we first moved here. So. But, but, but I can, I'll never forget just the amazing, indescribable culture that we get to be a part of here. Yes, it's at OSC, but come on, somebody, even the people at the post office are nice to you. Come on, you, some of you may get that. Like even the people at the post office in Lafayette, Louisiana are nice to you. And I remember this is indescribable. It's indescribable to think that I'm only, we've only been here two and a half years, yet we feel like we've been a part of our Savior's church for our entire lives. You know what that is? It's not our Savior's church. It's not Lafayette. It's the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the power of his presence. Listen, yes, I love our community. I love Acadiana. But listen, a love for a community without Christ won't send you out during a hurricane to put a roof on somebody's house. And you guys will do that. That's not crazy. That's indescribable gospel love that you guys have for people. And I'm grateful that I get to be a part of it. I'm grateful and I'm hopeful that you will remember this in this season. Maybe this is a very difficult season for you. A lot of times the Christmas season, the holiday season brings up a lot of old wounds, a lot of old hurts. But can I tell you something? This is the same moment that we get to have to remember this indescribable gift, as Paul said, to phenomenal and grateful words that leads us to a place to where we get to be alive in Christ. That leads us to a place that God is a God of surprises, that even though we don't recognize some of God's greatest gifts, Mary and Joseph, I'm sure, experienced that. Think about it. It took faith for them to believe that the greatest gift was wrapped in Mary. But it reminds us, listen, it reminds us, don't let the wrapping fool you. Listen, if you would have asked me two and a half years ago, about the wrapping that is us being here at OSC. I, I didn't know what to expect. But I'm grateful I didn't put my hope in a wrapping. Instead, I put my hope in the presence of God and knowing that he is a part of the reconciliation process, that he is a part of seeing the promises of God that say yes and amen. He works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. In fact, Genesis 50, 20 said, what the enemy means for harm, God's going to actually use for good not just your good, but the good and saving of many lives. I don't know about you, but it's indescribable, and I want all there is to get from that. So maybe you're here this morning, and this has just been a healthy reminder for you. 
It's been a healthy reminder that you are blessed to be a blessing. It's a healthy reminder that, yeah, we're not where we want to be, but thank God we're not where we used to be. It's a healthy reminder that God is doing exceedingly abundantly above all we could think, ask, or imagine. And it's through the brokenness, it's through the guilt, it's through the mistakes that he begins to show how indescribable he is. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, I want to pray for two groups of people. The first group I want to pray for, those of you here this morning, you're, you're born again. You've, you, in faith, have received what the Holy Spirit led you through, that indescribable moment of salvation. But you, you found yourself a little entangled in the sin that so easily traps us and wraps us up. And right now, my hope is, our prayer is that you're experiencing the love of Christ not only untangle you, cleanse you, and be reminded that you are a child of God. You're here this morning, and you just needed this encouragement. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for all of us. Heavenly Father, just thank you. Thank you for the promises of your word, the the indescribable gift of your grace and mercy and truth that leads us into a place of repentance, the kindness of the Lord that leads all of us, God, even your born-again children, to a place to where we realize we need more of you and less of us. God, I pray this holiday season as we serve, as we, as we serve our communities, as we, through love Acadiana, just whatever outreach opportunities come our way, maybe it's with our own family, God, we'll, we'll be reminded that it's that indescribable presence of God that draws us into you and leads us into making a difference. God, we pray for each other. We pray that our desires will line up with your word. In Jesus' name. Now, there's another group of people with every head bowed, every eye closed that I want to pray for. Maybe you're here this morning and you find yourself like me. Growing up, I I had a relationship with my church, but I never had a relationship with God. Or maybe you've never heard this indescribable message of God and his grace and the gospel. That Jesus is who he says he is and he's doing what he said he's going to do. And you've never heard this message that tells us that who he is is what makes him do so many incredible and essential things who he is he is our salvation he is Emmanuel God with us and it's the truth that you find yourself in this reality of knowing that you need God what the Bible says that is is it's the Holy Spirit leading you to a place of repentance I used to think repentance was a bad word no repentance is one of the most grace-filled good news words that God uses to simply turn us away from this world turn us back to him. So if you're here this morning, you've never prayed the prayer to be born again, I want you to just slip your hand up and put it right back down. I'm not going to call you to the front. I'm just going to see who I'm praying for. Great job. I see your hand. Great job. I see your hand. Anyone else? You can put your hand down. You can just slip it up and say, Pastor Blake, pray for me. When you pray, pray for me. Anyone else? Great job. I see your hand. You can put your hand down. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So right now, I want us all as OSC family, even if you did raise your hand, maybe you didn't raise your hand, maybe you're already born again, I want us as a family play this and say this and declare this in one accord. You can repeat after me. Just say, Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that on the cross, you took my sin, my shame, and my guilt and you died for me and I believe you rose from the dead 
to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with your Father. Today, Lord Jesus, I turn from my sin to follow you with all my heart, no matter what it cost me. And I declare that God is my Father, Jesus is my Lord and Savior, and the Holy Spirit is my helper. Come on, mean this with all your heart. And heaven is now my home. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, church. Can we celebrate with these today? Would you stand as you celebrate? Thank you.